Hey guys, welcome to our kind of homesteading. We're your hosts, Sherry and Shauna. And today we are talking about winterizing your homestead. And it's definitely not wintertime yet. Here it's very freaking hot and we're hating our lives. Mm -hmm. We're still having like 100 degree weather. But it's never too early to start. And I feel like when you get a jump on things, I feel obviously you're much more prepared than for when winter does hit and it's the worst when winter hits and it's raining and pouring and mud is everywhere and it's freezing and you're like oh my gosh I never cleaned out the chicken coop crap and it just it's so annoying so just getting a jump on these kind of things we have a whole we have a we have a list here of several things that we're gonna go over yes and um you know uh, winterizing our homestead for us if is probably a lot different than people that are like mm-hmm. homesteading in Alaska. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> and that's a, that's a really good point, though. Obviously, mm-hmm. where you're at, which we and say this what all the time. Time zone. We do. Know your climate. Know your climate. Know your climate. So we start really winterizing our homestead, and it's not like we don't have to do anything. We're not like extreme. We don't get snowed in or anything like that. Uh, we have, but up the hill, we have friends that do all the time. But we still have to, you still have to be ready. Like Sherry said, it's it's muddy, it's rainy, you it's cold. You just don't want to be doing those chores that you could have gotten done in the fall. But um, depending on your climate, you might have to start soon sooner. Where whether it's late summer or early fall, depending on how much you know when it's going to start raining for you and get really you know to the point where you're just like you want to go feed and make everybody happy and then get back inside kind of thing. So we're going right. to go over a few things, but okay, so this is one that we definitely do. So Sherry and I both heat our houses with our wood stoves. We don't have another yeah, solely heat solely. our houses. Yep. We don't have another heat source. Um, like it has to heat our whole house for the entire winter. So that's a lot of homesteaders. They heat with a wood stove. And so if you do and you're getting ready for the winter and you're Cutting, cutting down wood and you're like this looks like enough it's not it's not enough <laughs> it's we're telling you that you're wrong you definitely Shauna's right though what what looks like enough is never going to be enough and you should definitely shoot for double the amount you think that you'll need basically yeah go to go as twice as much you're like I think I need this much and then you do twice as much because depending on if you get snowed in it's a longer winter than you thought it was going to be it's a lot colder and you need to warm your house and you're out of wood that's going to freaking suck if you're like in the middle of of winter and you're out of wood, it sucks. Well, and on top of that, if you cannot cut up your own wood, like if you if you don't have like whatever, you don't have down trees in your property, whatever the heck. And if you're going out and having to buy wood, buying wood in the middle of summer is <laughs> in insanely. The of winter? I'm sorry, is winter is insanely expensive because obviously they just you know. Supply yeah. and demand people. They're going to jack up those prices. But if you have to do that, if you didn't get a jump on it, it's not the end of the world. You need to, like, if you have to teach your house and you have to buy a quart of wood. Oh, just, no, I'm not, not, I'm not saying not yeah. to. I'm just saying just do it. prepare and cut as double prepare. the amount you think you're going to need or buy double the amount you think you're going to need. So um, I'm going to also mention that your wood has to be seasoned. You can't use, you can't, like, go to a tree and chop it down and take that green wood and use it in your fireplace. It is really bad for your fireplace. It just puts the layer of that stuff that I can't say all over it. It starts with a C. Why does everything start with a C that I can't say? Is that like a problem? 
Is that green? Do I have a problem? That yeah. That was really funny. Um. Anyway, so you can't use green wood. It needs to be seasoned wood. It will burn better. It will burn. Um. Obviously, the green wood would burn forever because it's green, but like it's just not good for your fireplace. So, yeah, that's a tip for you. <laughs> Pro tip. Um. And this is also talking about our next thing on our list. Also, with your actually a fireplace, get your chimney cleaned out before winter. Um. You know, it's good to have a clean chimney coming up to winter. You're going to be using your wood stove a lot, or at least we do. And it's good to clean your chimney so that it will last you a very long time and you won't have any, you know, start any fires you don't want in your house. (laughs) Chimney fires are no bueno. No bueno. So you should clean it out. We clean it out ours once a year, but I've heard you're supposed to clean it more than that. But we do ours once a year. Yeah, we do ours once a year as well. And you don't have to hi- – if you don't want to hire somebody, there's, like, kits you can get at your, like, hardware stores and stuff where you can do it yourself if you're, like, you know, which most homesteaders are, <laughs> more do-it-yourself lifestyle. So there's totally kits you can get to do it. And there's different, like um, – and you can even get those little logs that you burn that supposedly help clear it out too. So, you know, there's different ways to go about it. Um, we, Sherry actually in theirs, they had like a hole at the top of theirs where like small birds and bats. No, no, that wasn't our, that was mom's house. Mom's house. Oh yeah, yeah it was mom's it house. It was mom's house. Yeah. yeah. Like literally like all the time where we're like, this is a problem. You need to get it fixed. Like she, they, the birds would like fall down because you'd go, you'd be like in the house and then all of a sudden you'd like hear something and it was like so it was like quiet but echoey. Okay, slightly sense. creepy. Especially when you're home alone. You're like, what the F was that? You know, and you're, you know you're the only one in the house. Yeah. You're looking over the dog. The dog's looking at you. The noise starts again. You're like, oh my God. What's in the house like with when me? when we were little, like when we were younger and we'd like be yeah, alone. Yeah, we were. Like this is how long ago it was. And it was like terrifying. And like, especially like, you know, the little bats, like how they have the little like, like scrape. Like, yeah. I love Super bats. Super creepy but it was noises. Creepy. But they make creepy noises. And then... You know, being young and dumb, we're not like, so you're supposed to like, if you have like a bird or something in there, so what you're supposed to do is get a flashlight and you blind them when you open the door. (laughs) That's how you're supposed to do it. So it like stuns them so you can get them out. But we would just open it. Be like, this is gonna work. Watch, I'm gonna and open like, this but door. Not have any plan after opening the door. Like Like, not at all. The plan is open the door. Open the door and that's it. I don't know. Like children, I don't know. Like, I guess we couldn't think past, like, we're going to open this door and then there's things going to fly out. We're going to scream. We're going to run down the hall. And hopefully it just, like, asks to, you know, leave. We're going to open the front door and it's going to just go out and leave. Yeah. Yeah, not a good plan. Hilarious. Not a good plan. Kids, right? Dumb kids. Yeah. (laughs) So now you know. If you have a small critter in your fireplace, shine a flashlight, blind the sucker, and then get it out of your house. Um, What's the next one? Oh, so... We go around in the fall and we clean out all of our animal enclosures. So that's the chicken coop, uh, the goat pens, anything where they have like a night enclosure. Uh, oh, there's like a deer right in the goat pasture right now. I was like looking outside. I was like, I was like, that's not a goat. Where? Sherry's blind. That's that's a goat. Is it a goat? Yes. Oh I'm my god! Blind. I just saw the butt. She's all the... Sherry's blind. I'm like, that's a freaking butt. goat. It looks like that's... who is it? It's baby cakes. Oh, that's baby what, cakes. It's a her little booty looks just like a deer butt. <laughs> She's she a deer butt. Sherry's booty. blind. Such a. I would call you a name, but there's people listening, so I won't. <laughs> you are though. You are blind. <laughs> I, apparently not. Who's blind? <laughs> who who saw that it was a goat? That was me. Well, that, you just because you stood up. That's not fair. You cheated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Um, so we clean out all of our animal enclosures, um, any of their night pens, and then we put fresh bedding down. So I actually, we do this multiple times a year, obviously. We don't just clean our pens out once a year. So I try to, like the chicken coop, I probably clean out the most out of anything. Oh, yeah, because it's super gross. It's well, gross. I feel like there's a lot. Well, for us and you, there's a lot of chickens in a small area when they go into, like, their nesting boxes to roost and stuff and to lay their eggs. So it gets super dirty super fast. But, um, yeah. We clean it out, like, early spring. We get it all cleaned out. And then we basically only line it with, like, a little bit of bedding. And then in the winter, we put a lot more in there. So there's, like, more insulation. Right. More warmth, you know, for them in those cold days. And with chickens, you can also put a heat lamp in there, and that will encourage them to lay eggs longer. Just little little FYI for you. Yeah, but be careful about what kind of heat lamp you use because if you have hay down, you know, heat lamps falling, hay, fires. Well, you should obviously hook it no, very no, securely. There's like, yeah, there's and different... then have maybe a timer. I have a timer on ours. It goes yeah. on and off. You yeah. Know, Do all those times. things. Yes. Um, so, yeah. What else? What else are you talking about? Oh, um, that's a good one. So we have a backup generator in case the power goes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, most, I feel like most homesteaders have like a generator, but you have to make sure that you have enough fuel for the generator. If you are going to be like stuck without power or there's a snowstorm or what have you, like you're going to need to run your generator. So you're going to need fuel for that. So make sure you have all that stuff like, you know, beforehand, like you have your excess fuel, you have all your extension cords you got it all or it's like just hooked up to a panel because you're super cool like that and just like flips over once your power goes out yeah sounds <laughs> yeah fancy my husband <laughs> was supposed to do that last year and he didn't get to it honey do it <laughs> honey do list honey do list um so next on our list is and this is obviously if you're on a well we are shauna is not so they don't have to worry about you know excess water if their power goes out so if our power goes out our well does not work since it works off of electricity. Weird, right? So we have no water. So if you're in whatever storm, the power goes out for a reason, and um, you have no water beforehand, before you know storms are going to hit, it's a very good idea to fill some kind of a water reservoir. So there are actual, you know, you can get like rain barrels specifically made to hold water. We are super classy, and we just get, we just buy like cheap, plastic garbage cans and we use garbage cans and we're not I'm not talking about like we don't drink that (laughs) the kids are like mom I'm thirsty I'm like take a cup out to the garbage can no this is I'm talking about this is to I'm sure your kids have drink out of it though they're like you know what oh yeah you bet they most definitely have they're like I'm drinking out of the garbage can today the animals get too so so do I (laughs) they're all excited about it no, I'm talking, this is just water for our animals. And obviously this is a very, this is a brand new garbage can. It hasn't like had garbage in it. Mm. <laughs> well, not that mean. <laughs> anyway, so, and just, you know, you if you fill those with water that holds a lot of water and that should get you by for a couple of days, depending on how many animals you have. We'll put a garbage can at each of our animal pens. We have pens, you know, throughout our property. So we'll have one down by the barn. We'll have one up at the top pen. We'll have one over by the chicken coop. And then one over by the bucks. And so it works really, really well. And then we also will have one at our houses because then that way you can still flush your toilets. Because, again, your water's out. You ain't flushing a toilet. And those are all, like, good tips. Like, really, really good tips because 
you think like, oh, that seems excessive, like putting out all those barrels next to each pen. It's, it's not but excessive. But when you're, when you're like hauling buckets of water to your You're animals, going to hate yourself. You're going to be so mad that you didn't <laughs> buy a plastic trash can and put and your water in just fill it with water, you know? So much easier. And like beyond like having to, like I have like this, this big like piece of like, you know, rebar and that mm-hmm. I break all my waters up with. I, you know, you can use whatever. You can use a shovel. <laughs> but I just have this piece. So that's what I use to like poke all the. Oh, uh, when, they, when, when they, they ice, ice over. over. Yeah. And like, you know, they're like, some of the times they get like solid ice. Like they're freaking, like my kids like love to take them out and yes. like play with them. Yes. You know? Yes. But like they, it's, it's crazy that they can be so like, obviously we're, we're like, again, we're in Northern California. So I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. Our things are ice. And people are like, we deal with that all the time. But um, <laughs> it's fun for us. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So make sure you have extra water. And then obviously for you, for your house, if you're on a well, you're going to need to drink water. Water is life, as I tell my children. Yes. So make sure you have drinking water available, whether it's, you know, stacked bottled water or just a big you know, some type of whatever filled with water that you can keep in your fridge or something so it doesn't go, you know, turn quickly. Right. Or even keeping something like in a root cellar, I would feel like that would be sufficient because it would be cool enough to where it wouldn't grow bacteria. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had a root cellar. I need one. I know. That's like one of my, on my husband, honey-do list for sure. One of your homestead goals. Yes. That's like one of the big, that's like one of the big things I want done within the next like five years is a free, I talk about it all the time. But when I talk about it, like honest, that's my husband, he automatically like goes to like, it can be a bunker. And I'm like, a bunker? Like what? What what is he bunkering from? I, first of all, I have no idea. (laughs) Secondly, like... No. Okay. My root cellar is going to be adorable with like stone walls. And I won't have any of like, your bunkerish cute, stuff Like, in there, you know, okay? garlic braids. <laughs> I'm not going to have like guns and like, I don't even know what else he wants to put in there. Like what the, I, uh, I have this like image in my head of how my root cellar is going to oh look and it's God. not what he You're wants it to look like. And I'm like, no, me. like unless you can like hide it all like in the back of our amazing root cellar where I don't have to see it, then fine. But like, I don't, I don't want to, I want to go in there and be like, ah, my root cellar have all of like my canning stuff and preserves. And, you know, like I said, the braided garlic and potato, it's going to look amazing. And like all matching cute baskets. It's I have going like, to be, you know, it's going to be Instagram worthy. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Instagram worthy for sure. People, which is go- no bunkerish stuff in there at all. I, and I say that, but, like, even now when I'm, like, trying to post to, like, Instagram and stuff like that and, like, I take a picture, I, like, I have to, like, make sure there's not, like, a mess of stuff behind the picture I'm taking. If it's, like, I'm taking a picture of something I made or whatever, I'm, like, have to clear out my counter, like, push stuff aside. And then even <laughs> in the background, I'm, like, oh, no, there's, like, there's, like, boxes sitting on the table of just, like, cardboard. Like, what's happening? Like, it's it's crazy how much, like, you have to think about, like, what you want the picture to look like. And it's almost annoying. Like, People always post like other like homesteaders and they have these like super cute, like adorable baskets with all their veggies in it. And you're like, that's freaking adorable. Where'd you get that basket? Like, I want to ask them, where'd you get your basket? <laughs> like, is that, it's adorable. I, I like, I, uh, who just said that? Oh, uh, we've commented on him before. Roadside Farm. He was just like, I had to like find a basket because everyone's like posting all these pictures because I like, he gathers his tomatoes in like a bucket, you know, like. 
a bucket. <laughs> but like I like same, same. I'm like I get my bucket out. I get and gather all my, you know, crops and stuff like that in there. And like it's, you know, it's durable. It's a bucket. It's but durable. apparently it's not it's, going anywhere. It's not it's not very cute. So, but my my root cellar is going to be flipping adorable. Just you wait. <laughs> it's a very long rant about a root cellar. Shauna's into it, people. It's a goal. She will have it. Oh, our friend Amy has a root cellar. Hi, Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. She, it is the most amazing. We should ask if we can post a picture of it on our blog. Ooh, good idea. It is the most amazing thing you've ever, like, think of, like, a hobbit house, you know, where it's, like, covered with grass and adorable, and then you go in, and it's just, like, a magical paradise of, like, can preserves and everything you could want in a root cellar. And the temperature. Oh, my oh, gosh. It is so amazing. And it's, like, it's weird how people just don't, like, build their houses yeah, the same in, way. into the ground. Like, just like right into the freaking into the ground. ground. Like you would save you would, so much. You would never need to heat your house or cool your house or anything. Like it in would a cave. it would be amazing. It would be amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Good job, Amy. Now come build me one. <laughs> I think her it was her husband's grandparents that built it though, right? It's been there for a while. It's like been there forever, but um it's really cool. Okay, so that was root cellars. We all want one. Um, the next on our list is stocking your pantry. And again... Or a root cellar. <laughs> you have a problem. <laughs> um, again, this is going to depend on like how far up you know the hill you live, if you're going to get snowed in, it, like whatever. I don't know what natural what disasters are, and I'm not sure. But for us, it's not like crazy imperative that we stock a pantry. We obviously have like canned foods and like, you know, tinctures, tonics, all that good stuff. But it's not like we have to stock and worry about like, oh, we need stuff to last us a couple weeks or a month. Like we're pretty close to stores. And like Shauna said earlier, we don't get snowed in. But if you do get snowed in, you definitely should stock your pantry and think about things that are going to have a long lasting shelf life, whether you can or not, whether, you know, you know, and, and also think about medicinal items as well, not just food, you know, in case someone in your family gets some kind of a little cold or whatever, first aid kits, all that good stuff, depending again, how long you could possibly be stuck at home. So, yeah. Um, and stocking your pantry for yourself and also stocking your animals feed. Because if you're snowed in and you can't get out to a feed store, if you're not growing your own feed for your animals, you obviously still have to feed them through winter. So right. make sure that you have a space, um, you know, feed shed or whatever that you can put said food and it will, you know, be okay. So And you can... Have enough for a couple weeks if you have, a, like, an incoming storm or what have you. So um, I think most homesteaders can and preserve food, right? So I think that is, you know, pretty standard. Yeah, part of the homesteading thing, yeah, I part suppose. Of, yeah, part of the the gig. But I I think a lot of people think that – I. I, I just think that homesteaders have more of like a solitary kind of mindset where they want to do it themselves. And obviously you should and you want to be self-sufficient. But I feel like it's also important to remember that homesteaders are also a really good community. And you should make sure you know other like-minded people that are homesteaders that live close by. So if you have a super shitty year in your garden where you're like, you know, a deer got in and ate everything in my garden. I have like nothing. I have nothing to preserve or what have you. Something happened, right? 
um, you can go to your homestead neighbor and be like, hey, I had a really crappy gardening year, but I had a great honey year. I can trade you a bunch of honey for some, you know, of your tomatoes, of your zucchini. So you can still feel like you can can. I'm just saying like trading and bartering and, and stuff like that with your local homesteaders. Like I wouldn't, even if somebody came to me and was like, hey, do you homestead? Like blah, blah, blah. Like, can I trade you this and this? Like, I'd be like, yeah, I'm down. Like I would never turn anybody away. And I think that's most people. Yeah, and I wish um, – I think we talked about this before, but I don't think it was on a podcast about just um, kind of nourishing those kind of relationships and, like you said, ensuring that you befriend local homesteaders because I think that's so awesome and it could be so beneficial to all parties, obviously. You know, if one person has a crap ton of eggs but the other homesteader doesn't, but they have, like Sean said, honey or anything really – and, you know, bartering and trading, I mean, that's so, you know, so beneficial, so fun and just, you know, and it, it builds you know, stronger bonds, stronger communities. Yeah. And like the the thing is, there's always somebody that will know more than you and uh, somebody that will yeah, know more about something about you know? something. Yep. And they'll be like, well, I had, you know, whatever. And so you can also trade information, be like, how can I have better tomatoes or what should I do to amend my soil or whatever? It doesn't have to be about gardening. It can be about chickens. It can be about anything. But if especially through things like where you have a bad year with something it doesn't mean that you're a bad homesteader it doesn't mean that you're like ruined for the winter like you know start talking to people join some homesteading communities join you know your local facebook groups or what have you to where you can get to know people close by to help you out when you need it like everybody needs help once in a while yeah exactly and and then you can return the favor Right. And you can yeah. you pay it back. Yeah. Right. When you're having a great year and someone's like, oh, my gosh, I had the worst year in this area of homesteading. You'd be like, you know what? I had a great year in that. And I would love to share with you. Yeah. So it, it does really work out. I was just thinking about that last night because I was thinking about like um, I forgot exactly what. But I was like, you know, you always because we Sherry and I, we have, you know, we're very we're pretty close to each other, like distance wise. And we're obviously very close as sisters and best friends and all, everything. And so like when she ha- when I have a bad year of anything, like I know that she has it and usually the opposite. Like it's it's rare or one of our close friends that we we would be like completely out of something where we wouldn't be able to, you know, we don't have enough honey or we don't have enough tomatoes or we don't have enough I, I can eggs like only think of those things right now but um it's very rare that one of us or both of us would be like oh no we're just screwed you know on that on that front so it's good to know people we have kind of a a cool you know thing going because we have both of our homesteads like working at the same time and we do things together and we know our strengths and our weaknesses but I think if more people could do that within each other and kind of create that family unit I think would be be pretty cool yeah, it would be very cool. And to get back to more, like I said, just the bartering and the trading, I think that's so cool and oftentimes overlooked. overlooked and, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, I, I just think it's so cool. And it's something that is, it's so, um, what's my word? It's so empowering too. When you can give something to someone and they can give something to you. It just, it's just, it's just a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. And like I said, just super empowering, just just in or general, even right? Like, and the thing is, is like it's so almost impossible to like do everything you yourself. You no, know, it's not. It's it, impossible, it is, it is to, impossible to grow every kind of fruit tree that you might want. No, like I is, don't have 100%. I don't have a fig tree, but Sherry does, you know, and uh, my sister in law does, you know. So like I know I I can have figs. Not that I'm like crazy for figs, but I do like some fig 
spread with some goat cheese, you know? <laughs> That's some on good a nice stuff. Day. It's delicious, <laughs> and I want it. So, like, and I want to make it myself. So, like, those are the kinds of things where, like, you, you're not going to be able to have everything on your homestead, but you can get to know people that might have that to where you could trade the things you do have that they won't have. It's just a beautiful thing. Not really like winterizing your homestead related, but it kind of is because if you know people in the area and something happens, they can help you out. They got your back kind of thing. And then you have their back in return. Right. Exactly. So exactly. not to go off on a rant. No, no. That was, it was a good rant because it is a, you know, I think it it's a, a helpful great rant. It was helpful. <laughs> so you're welcome. Yeah. I think. Okay. So the next thing is, this is based on your, uh, for your garden. Um, when the season for your garden is over, for your, you know, your spring, summer garden, um, pull those plants, toss them into your compost pile, and then um, you'll want to fertilize and mulch your, either your garden beds or your garden area, your plants, whatever you whatever you plant really, and get it all ready for your winter garden. Um, your winter garden is different from your spring and summer garden. You can plant and grow a lot of stuff in the winter, oftentimes overlooked, and it can it you know it can be really cool to have all those veggies in the winter yeah we have like a really long growing season like an unusually long growing season because of where we live so we kind of have it good but obviously people that get a bunch of snow you're not gonna be able to grow as much and you might just have to winterize your garden where you take it completely down you mulch it out and you just let it sit there until you can you know and get it all amazing for the following year to where you add your fertilizer you add your mulch and then it's almost ready to go you just need to add some compost and you're good right so um so for us, we really like our gardens like can keep going pretty for, for a really long time. And basically, like I still had tomatoes in December last year. Yeah, I didn't have tomatoes because I had I, my tomatoes got attacked by stupid bugs last year. But I had a lot of other things um, well into December. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess our growing season is incredibly long. And we can we start more things in the, um, in like the late summer for like a more of a late fall harvest um so depending on your climate if you can do that I definitely suggest it because then you can get a lot of other things um later on like your you know butternut squash and stuff like that kale obviously will grow whenever it wants to all year long like I always have kale yeah yeah and chard and like all those yeah hardier hardier greens um so yeah so think about that when you're winterizing your garden you're either you know mulching it out to where you're getting it ready for next season but you should do that in the fall just like while you go around to home uh winterize your homestead you want to basically try to get things ready for later on for because you're not going to want to do it all like at the end of winter and you're going to be in a rush to like you know get your seed started and all that stuff you're not going to want to do everything right then and your garden doesn't want you to do it all then right then because it wants to have amazing soil to grow your vegetables yes um it is getting so hot in here. I know, I, it feels I like death. And I, I, <laughs> we want to talk to you guys so long about all kinds of things, including root cellars. I wish I was in a root cellar right now. <laughs> our, well, okay. Well, lucky for us, we're on our last thing on the list is wrapping your outdoor pipes. And again, this depends on where you live. Some, you know, some people, they have really, 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 really cold winters. And sometimes we, we you're- We have to wrap our pipes though. Yeah, I suppose we do once in a while. Yeah. Like, so I guess I, we, I had to actually several times last winter. Last winter? Uh-huh. I feel like last winter was pretty mild, but the year before that, you know, we got snow. It's like random. Right. And you, know? you can use re- literally whatever you want to to wrap your pipes. 
And it just keeps your pipes from from freezing and then breaking because they can and will. And then you'll have a fountain in your yard. Yeah, it'll be super be like, fun. Yeah, in the middle of winter when there's already enough <laughs> enough water. Plenty everywhere. of water to go around. Oh, something we forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about like the fuel for your generator, making sure you have that stocked up. Um, it was also we want to make sure you put away all of your tools like leaving any kind of gardening tools. And I think we mentioned this before. It's just like it, to sit out in the rain and get rust is just like a waste of like money and a waste of that tool. So make sure all those things are away and covered from any kind of, you know, rain and what have you. Um, your mower, you know, chainsaw, obviously, all that kind of stuff, especially the expensive stuff. You want to make sure that you put it away. Um, and undercover and then obviously your wood pile should be like so we have like our, our huge like wood pile that's covered in like our woodshed <laughs> and then we have another like smaller little itty bitty woodshed next to our house because my husband will stock the smaller woodshed so because he's very nice to me and he loves me so I don't have to like walk and get the wood when it's like raining and whatever outside like obviously you have to like fill that up like more frequently but you're not like every morning and night having to go get the wood in in the faraway woodshed because shauna is made of sugar and she'll melt in the rain no i actually <laughs> ha- like get our- i'm joking it's just funny how you say because like i don't have to walk out in the like, rain especially in the, the morning wood. when it's like freaking ass cold <laughs> like so I, cool. I have to like I know you have to like go outside and feed anyways like who wants to go like haul wood back to the house on top of that like if it's right there for you like on your porch it's amazing by some magical little elf <laughs> meaning my husband no I have several times and I actually that's like the thing that I I do for him that makes him really happy in the winter is when that's like oh, stocked well, I was, up I, I was gonna say this isn't that type of podcast Shauna so don't. no <laughs> I like I'll fill that up so when he's like oh did you fill up the oh I'm funny. like yes I did but I always like wait for a break in the rain then I run out there with the little wagon and I try to do as many loads as possible get it all good to go sherry because I'm super nice to my husband super nice when she's not poisoning him with lavender oh my gosh we're gonna bring that up every podcast apparently yes we are never it's living it down very, very funny um like a hashtag I know somebody actually uh the ladies farm she's super sweet she actually has a youtube channel you should check it out i think we've also given her a shout out um before but she had commented she was like oh i loved your uh podcast about poisoning your husband so i was like <laughs> you can't say that on instagram <laughs> we can we can only talk about it on our podcast and no but like, like how, we use how she poison. said it i was like we, we weren't poisoning our husband okay okay that's not a thing that we did okay he happened to have an allergy that i refuse to admit that's all that's all i refuse to believe him even though he told me several times and i was like we're trying this and then his, his tongue swelled up and i'm like we're trying it again it's happening oh gosh anyways um i yeah i think we went over everything I, there was one more thing i wanted to mention that we didn't add on where is our where's our list we make like lists beforehand so we don't go off topic even though we go off topic all the time <laughs> yeah um, not your list self <laughs> <laughs> well i guess they help to get us back on track yeah see look they're helping it's working um the the other thing is after you like winterize your pipes and like you wrap them in towels blankets or whatever there's a little 
pipe insulation if you want to be all fancy. Um, you should also make sure that your house is like free of like drafts. If you need to put like a weather strip at the bottom of your door or what have you, make sure your windows are all like nice and double paned if you if they can be because it like helps so much and you'll go through far less wood if your house is well insulated, obviously. But like I didn't think it was that big of a deal. My husband's like, we need better windows. And I was like, we're fine. I don't want to spend money on windows. It's boring. Like, I want to buy plants and trees and amazing things. And then he, <laughs> like, he got the better windows. And it was, like, such a difference. Like, it's weird. Like, obviously, it's not weird. Like, obviously, it makes sense. But, like, we go through so much. We go far less wood than we, we did previously with the crappy yeah. windows. Insulation is a real thing. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. So, and... Like our um, our wood stove had like a crack in it mm. on the side. And I didn't really think, I was like, you know, you have to like vent your fireplace, you know, every now and then for it to get the fire going and stuff like that. I'm a horrible fire maker. My son has to do it. He's 10. He's been doing it since he was like five. Like when I'm like, I'm cold, make a fire. Because like, he's, I, I don't know why, like I can't grasp the concept. Like the fire needs like oxygen. And, you know, my dad will be like, fire needs these things, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like I cannot, <laughs> I can't do it. It like hates me. But my son's really good at it. So, and obviously my husband. But he was, my husband was like, you know, that our fireplace, like, you know, it has this crack in it. We need to get it fixed and blah, blah, blah. And like get the, change out the front little, you know, the glass panels on the front of yeah. your wood stove. Like yeah. we had a couple and they were like cracked. They were broken. And I was like, it doesn't matter. It's fine. It's like, you know, oxygen. It needs freaking oxygen, right? Okay. Well, apparently not too much. Because when we fix those, like that sucker works so much better. Like it's like weird when you fix something, things work better. <laughs> weird <laughs> Sean's like it's weird when you fix something and then it works better it's what it, yeah like seriously though I was just I was like blown away but uh, how much though you know like you think like it would be like a little bit but it was like a lot of it a lot of it so really funny. <laughs> now I have a phobia of the fires ever since I opened oh ours that one morning that was crazy and it was making this really weird it always actually makes it it's like this Sherry has like the you know you know the story of um, Hansel and Gretel <laughs> where like the witch cooks the children in the stove? That's Sherry's stove. She could cook it's, children in it. It, it is It, it is huge, very, very large. Uh, huge. It's very large. It heats our entire house. We, we have a small house, but it heats the entire house. And then some like it'll get too hot. And we have to open doors. Like, not even not <laughs> like even a joke. Cr- it's the biggest not even stove a joke. ever. It's crazy. Anyways. It, it's pretty. It has like this little pretty thing oh, yeah, on the no, front. It's but very pretty. I, anyways, I wake up in the morning. It was several winters ago now. M- many, actually. I don't even know. I can't even, I don't even know. Who, what kids did I have? I, I always I base know. it on that. Yeah. Who cares? Nuance. <laughs> anyways, so you I get out of bed and it, the, the fire, the stove, my husband always like, you know, stokes it before he leaves. He leaves at like two o'clock in the morning for work, some hideous hour. So he'll put wood in it before he leaves. So, the, you know, it'll keep on, you know, being a fire, <laughs> provide heat. So I wake up and I'm hearing this noise. I'm like, what the heck is that noise? So I get up and the cats are kind of sitting on the stove and the, all the dogs follow me out. And they're just like, where are we going, they're mom? It's early. sitting on the stove? I'm sorry. Did I say stove? Yeah. The cats are sitting on the couch, which is <laughs> okay. kind of near the stove. And the dogs follow me out. And um, the fireplace is making this really weird, like, airy, like, in and out noise. I can't really describe it. I'm, I'm not going to actually do it because I'll sound like some Come on, stupid... do it. No. It was like a whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Yes, yes, it was a whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. So I'm like, what the heck? So I go to open the lid, the door. Bad it's idea. a very large door. Apparently a very, very bad idea. I open the door and the entire fire like just flies out of my like face. It's like a backdraft. 
You know it that movie was... Backdraft? It's really old. <laughs> or like that Universal Studios ride Backdraft? <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. Remember. Yeah. It, that is what it was like. Yeah. It literally like almost burned my eye- eyebrows <laughs> off my face. <laughs> I seriously had the several pieces of my hair in the front completely singed uh, down to like I wish my... we had pictures. Oh my God. The cats scramble. The dogs run away. It was terrifying. So then I shut it and it's still making that noise. I'm kind of freaking out. I don't know. I'm, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't know. I don't care. Someone else deal with it. So I instantly call my dad, knowing I can't call my husband. He's far away at work. So I call my dad. And I'm like, the fire just came out of the stove and <laughs> wanted to attacked eat my face. Hansel cuddling me. You need to come. <laughs> Hansel me. You need to come down here. And my dad's like super awesome when it comes to that kind of stuff. He's very protective of us. So he like jets down there. He's down there in a second. And he, he deals with it. And it was just, like Shauna said, just a backdraft. It wasn't a big deal. And honestly, you just don't even need to open it. Just leave it closed, Sherry. So now <laughs> I know. What's this noise? Well, I, I should open it. I my head in it. <laughs> I, I, I should did. help. <laughs> I should not, not even lean in. Like, literally, I just opened the door a bit. And, like, you would be, know, it, was ama- it was amazing. It was crazy. Crap. It was, and all I could think of was, oh, my God, I'm so glad I didn't have the baby on my hip. At the time, right. I think the baby was Corelli. That's how long ago it was. Wow. I think the baby was Corelli. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I didn't have her on my hip. Because oh, usually yeah. I do, right? You, I always have a baby on my hip. I've yeah. had, you know, I have freaking five kids. I always have a baby. And, yeah, it was terrifying because she would have probably been really injured. It was not even, now it's funny, but holy crap, when it happened, it was so scary. Dad to the rescue. Dad to the rescue, per the norm. I know. Dad has rescued us from a lot of things. I would tell you an amazing story, but we're running out of time, so I can't. Sorry for that noise. Next time. Next time, I'll tell you the amazing story of my dad being a superhero once again. Um, anyways, that's all we have time for today, but we will talk to you guys all next time. Hopefully, you guys got some helpful tips on winterizing your homestead. That's right. Happy homesteading, everyone. Goodbye.